Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ian Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, James. Hello. And Brody. Hello. Brody, you've just reviewed um, the awesome adventures of Captain America. Shit, tell mm. us, what did you think of the game? Captain well, America. It's, it's, it's Captain Spirit, Damn not it, Captain America. Captain Spirit. Oh my Cl- gosh, close. I'm sorry. It's, it's pretty much the same thing, it's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sort of mixed about it in a way. Like, if you're a fan of Life is Strange and you like Don't Nod uh, in that regard and the way they can build their worlds and uh, create characters that you'll end up really caring about, then you're probably going to like The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. But I've got the similar problem that I had with Life is Strange where I just... um, It's just a pretty basic game. I guess, if you know what I mean. Like, right. it's, it's like it's like The Walking Dead. It's like those sort of games where you don't really do a whole lot. There's not a lot to the gameplay itself. It's it's more about exploring the world and, you know, sort of getting to know its characters. Like, uh-huh. it's 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 deliciously indie. Like, it, it's got like... I don't know how to, how to say his name. Is it like Sufjan Stevens? Sufjan Stevens? He's like I a... I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know how to say it. I'm not going to yeah, pretend. I'm... I'm sure people know what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about, but um, say Spike yeah. Jones movie. It's the same vibe, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's. It, I, I said in the in the review, it's pretty much like the game is like a Zach Braff movie in good ways and bad ways. Like, uh, it's it's right. Yeah, it's got really good music choices, but the performances sort of let it down. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's given me enough though that I'm I'm pretty excited to see what life of uh, life is strange. Uh, two is going to be like in September because mm. I, I, I do like I, I didn't really play all of the first season of Life is Strange. I don't know if it, even if it's a season, it might just be a standalone thing. At yeah, this point. no, it's a season. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I didn't really play all of that, and I didn't really like the characters in that as much because oh, okay. I, I, well, I just found there I, I couldn't move past the dialogue. Yeah, but it was so they're meant to be like that. That's I really like think it, you should finish it. For sure. Yeah, you should. You should. Like, That's really good. Like, I agree. I know what you mean. Um, the first... Because I had to do them They're episode. kind of overly millennial, right? Like, yeah. The, yeah. They kind of say stuff that you like, would... Painfully like, so. Like, that a 40-year-old not... would think a millennial would say. Yeah. Yeah or, yeah. or, like, what my grandma would think I'd talk like. Yeah. Like, you know, just... Yeah. So, whereas I don't think this one necessarily has that problem. Um, and I look forward to seeing more of, like, the, the main character, Chris, and his dad. And obviously... I would recommend to play it because it is free. Um, and just see what you think. It's pretty short too, so you can smash through it in a night. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you haven't lost anything. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. I've gone from like zero to a hundred about kind of like, well, actually maybe a hundred. It's a bit of an exaggeration. I've gone from <laughs> not caring about Life is Strange to kind of being all in. Um, yeah, I think what Life is Strange season two is September. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it is. Yeah, late September, I think. Um, but it was like I think they sort of announced before the storm, and they it was like that same week that it became free on PlayStation Plus. So I downloaded yeah. it, I gave it a go, and fell in love with it. Any song, sorry, any game that includes songs by Banks and Julia Stone, I'm obviously gonna like. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I've I've I'm yet to play before the storm. I've just not had the time to get around to it, uh, and I didn't realize this was like out so soon. So I'm gonna yeah. get stuck um, into these when I like, <laughs> find the time to play more games it is it is when it's good it's really good like there's because obviously it's about a kid who sort of daydreams about being a superhero and stuff like that so it has a lot of yeah. segments that are like really you know really fantastical and like uh, is it like um like where the wild things are 
I've never actually Ooh. read or seen that, but I, th- oh. I guess so. Well, yeah. that's just like... like uh, like, Jordan I imagine it's... <laughs> does that have segments where it's like... Oh, explain to me what you mean by that, and I'll tell you if it does. Well, I don't really want to ruin it, because if people haven't seen either, or played either, it's like a oh, a, true. a boy who... Let's just say a, a child whose fantasies oh. are a way of coping with not a yeah, so good life. Yeah, I, yes, yes, then yes, yes. <clears throat> I would say so, yeah. Cool. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yes, this game is like... That thing that you said. <laughs> Similar sort of premise. Uh, and James, you've been busy playing games too. You've been playing a bit of uh, Prey Moon Crash. Um, I saw you tweeting about that earlier. Are you enjoying that? Yeah, I surprisingly am. Um, when it was first announced, I was a little bit put off because I just don't like procedurally generated stuff. Um, mm. I don't really like time, like time constrained stuff. Um, but somehow this makes it all work. And it's okay. yeah. It's so basically the idea is is you're in, you're running a simulation for this company, like you've been right. contracted as a hacker to go through the simulation and discover some information or something, um, and <laughs> or something. It's I'm, I'm not, I haven't finished it yet, so <laughs> I don't really get the overarching story. But um, mm. you play as five different characters, each have their own like unique skills, um, and they each have like there's five different ways to get off the moon basically, and. If you if all your characters die, the simulation resets basically. So all the locations of the enemies, the weapons, the items, and stuff will change. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So the actual base itself stays pretty much the same. Uh, yeah. It's just the the I guess where you find stuff and all that changes. And each character has different abilities, which kind of naturally cuts them off from other methods of escape. But as you get further and further into it, like the lines start to blur between your characters and you can basically escape wherever you want to escape. Uh, the idea is, is to get out, to unlock all five characters, um, get them all out in one run. And yeah, but the big, the big twist, I guess, is, is the longer you spend in your simulation, the more corrupt it gets, so to speak. So your, your enemies get more powerful and make, you start discovering like a bigger variety of enemies and, yeah, so oh, it sounds pretty neat because it's pretty easy to start off with, and I was like, "Oh god, this is going to be so boring." And then, like, I unlocked my third character because there's five characters. I unlocked yeah. my third character, and then all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh, like you you jump into the simulation, and this time there's like two dead bodies in front of you, and like a little audio log, and you pick it up, and they're like, like screaming about this thing in the in the floor, and you're just like, "What the hell are they talking about?" And then and now from now on in my simulation, there's what they call a moon shark, so it's like a like a creature that as soon as you touch the ground, um, it comes like dashing towards you and like tries to kill you. And it's not actually a shark, but that's what they Does call it. Does it have a fin <clears throat> protruding out of the floor? No, you just see like rocks uh. like being blown into the air. Um, but that's what I mean is, is like it gets progressively more difficult the longer you've been around. Because even if you die, the thing I like about this is when you die, everything you've done in terms of your points and your abilities you've unlocked save, stays with your character. Um, uh-huh. Whereas, like, in a game like, say, Dark Souls, when you die, you don't necessarily get that. <laughs> sure, <laughs> like, sure. Um, and then it, it kind of introduces Dark Soulsy kind of stuff later on, where if you die, enemies can reanimate the corpse of your dead character to fight back with you. So, it oh, just... sounds it, cool. It just keeps getting really, really, really complicated. Um, there's three areas you can explore on the base, and towards the end, one of those areas will randomly be powered down. 
So you have to go to the power station. You can reroute power from the other areas because all the automatic doors won't work, which is like a blessing in some cases because then enemies are locked in their rooms, but in, in other times they're not. So right, it just sounds like of- it's really building off like the core aspects of the game quite well, and but kind of taking them in a different different route. And that's well. that's what I think is really good about it is that praise like underlying systems are just so strong that it can kind of prop up a randomly generated um, story. And there's about 50 or so, like, sub-objectives you can do. Um, and when you f- as you finish 10 or 15 of each, you get a little bit of story that plays out in the overarching narrative, which has quite a nice twist towards the end as well. So, Right. Like, cool. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's pretty it interesting. Um, the, most, the most surprising thing to me is that there actually is a story. I, I didn't actually realize there was. I, yeah. I didn't pick that up from the trailer at all. I thought it was just going to be some sort of, like, roguelike sort of... An arcade yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, like, like, it, I, I like it is, but... In, when you're in the simulation, but when you're outside of the simulation, you've got this little room, um, and you it's basically... It's kind of got context, maybe. Like, yeah. yeah. More like, sorry. it's yeah. kind of... It reminds me of almost like the first game, I guess, where you repeat the same thing over and over again, but as um, your simulation starts to glitch a bit, or, like, you start to crack open the simulation, kind of the the pretty, like, border or stuff, like, falls away, and you kind of realise yeah. that you might everything isn't as it seems, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I Yet think, another yeah, I was, game on my list of ones oh. to go back to. It's yeah. so frustrating. <laughs> I think it's really good. And, like, I was a little bit weary because I was like, randomly generated $30. But this has got, like, new enemies, um, new weapons, new abilities. Really, really gross new abilities and weapons. Um, but, James, is it Cynthia? Yes. <laughs> still, oh. It still looks and sounds as Cynthia as ever. Oh, that's um, the best. Oh, soundtrack is so good. Like, I forgot how good it was. Um, yeah. Just really fantastic. It's another Mick Gordon, isn't it? It is. And oh, so yeah, good. It's like, it's just not like his other stuff, but still him, if that makes sense. Like, it's just I'm got this... I'm so ready for more Doom. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, but you should get Prey first and play yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do need to. I just, really I'm so upset this game well. may be bombed, you know, but we'll see. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell, isn't it, that one? I guess you can get find a... out. You can get like a pet alien and you give it a top hat. Even if that doesn't, if that doesn't sell you, I don't know what, what else will. Well, uh, despite being a bit of a slow news week this week, we still have a bit to discuss about. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to to Brody for doing a bang up job hosting last week's cast whilst I was out. Um, ironically, I wasn't sick, but the two of you now are. Uh, so you guys are going to be powering through this one as well. Um, but we've got a bit to talk about with regard to the Australian Classification Board and Death Stranding 2. But let's kick things off by talking a bit about Bethesda, who are suing Warner Brothers for their Westworld game. Uh, if you guys missed this, Bethesda is taking legal action against Warner Bros, accusing their Westworld mobile game of stealing code from Fallout Shelter. Now, Westworld's developer, Behavior Interactive, also worked on Fallout Shelter, and the suspicion was raised when Westworld was found to have the same bugs as Fallout Shelter on launch. Uh, Brody, it seems like they've been caught out, right? Like, it looks like some of the code's been borrowed, yeah? Yeah, it seems that way. I think the most delicious thing about it is that it was the bugs in a yeah. Bethesda game, of course, that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> exposed them, I guess, but, um... Yeah. yeah. Hey, this game has to be ours. It's got all the same bugs as ours. Yeah, exactly. These are our bugs, goddammit. Um, Do you yeah. think it's reasonable... Plus, for because uh, obviously you know uh, behavior interactive worked on fallout shelter um yeah. i don't know if they carried it th- right through to the end i think they might have only been sort of there for part of the process yeah. um but do you think there's some there has to be a reasonable sort of expectation for developers to borrow their the code from their previous work a little bit 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to know anything about how people code games and how that all works. So, I don't know how involved it is. I don't know how hard it would be to create a game that's, you know, so close and similar to like Fallout Shelter as the Westworld game is, while keeping the the code like not the same. If you know what I mean, mm. like can you can you write it in a different way so that it's the same game but obviously not plagiarized? I don't know. So um. But, I don't know, they thought they could get away with it, and dang, they almost did. Yeah. So, What's your opinion on this, James? Uh, I just don't really understand. Like, I think, I feel like Warner Brothers and Bethesda, like, when they went, they approached, you know, Behaviour and said, hey, we want to make this game, like, this is what we want to do. Um, yeah. Like, how did, how was there not in their clause or some, some kind of thing where Behaviour was like, yeah, well, this is kind of like a game we did before, like, is... But then, I don't, I, I just my uh, thoughts. All maybe over that the place. conversation never took place. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I or just, if it did, then I guess that would mean that Warner Bros. were liable, right? If they were. Well, I feel like this probably arose out of Warner Bros. saying we're going to only give you this much, <laughs> and then they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, if we don't, if they're, we're constrained in terms of budget and stuff, let's just use what we used before." Um, it's a possibility. Like, I, suppose. I can see why Bethesda would be annoyed yeah. about that because it's like. But then the thing with Fallout Shelter is I don't think it was particularly an original concept at any point. But I guess that's not the concept yeah. that was the issue here. It was like the coding was like one-to-one copied p- potentially. Yeah. And to my understanding, <clears throat> I think um, for software development in sort of general, that code is sort of attached, like it's considered intellectual property. It's kind of all bundled in together with everything else, I guess, that comes along with the software, including it's like well, UI, then, I guess design, stuff like Bethesda that. Bethesda owns that then. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Right, I, so. Which I guess is the I guess the problem and they're sort of chasing after Warner Bros because they're likely to have, have more money and to get out of than I suppose Behaviour Interactive does. But I don't know. I think like this could start like a bit of an interesting debate about like, well, like where do we draw the line? Cause obviously, you know, games all sort of sh- like often share engines and we can see sort of similarities across games that are also developed on the same sort of engine. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's kind of this muddled sort of area that I don't fully understand. And I think we're going to have to like continually grapple with. I don't mm. think it's an engine thing though. Like no, like, no, I feel but like, like you know, this, like when a game's situation. built on like an Unreal Engine, for instance, yeah. right? Like you can you can kind of see like hallmarks of that engine throughout other. I don't know. Is that... I guess it depends on the game, but maybe. Like I know, like obviously, I know, like you're probably talking about, you know, when like Gears of War on Xbox 360 that had like a very Unreal Engine look, and then other games that came out yeah. afterwards did. But then you'd have crazy games that came out after that used the same engine but changed it up quite a bit. Mm. Um, I think it, the problem here is is the two games are remarkably similar in terms yeah. of how they play, um, which probably means the differences aren't as pronounced as most other projects. But, mm. like, I don't think the engine... I don't know, I just don't think that's the problem here. I think the Westworld game tried to be a little bit too similar to Fallout. Yeah. Mm. Do you think this looks like... Brody, do you think this like looks worse off on on kind of like either party like is this a, a bad look for for warner bros do you think or or, or bethesda so like chasing after them in this way like as well, james said it's not necessarily an original sort of idea yeah well again it's hard to say without knowing what the agreements were and what discussions took place between say warner brothers and behavior interactive and and so forth but you know warner, warner brothers may have literally not known a thing about it they may have thought behavior interactive were doing their due diligence and 
yeah like coding a new game obviously similar to one they'd worked on before and they you know behavior interactive may just have thought they could just take a shortcut and you know sort of like double up on what they'd already used i guess so yeah. i don't know uh, it's, it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out won't it yeah we'll i mean it's, see it's, what happens. But it's, it's not like bethesda aren't exactly going for blood i don't think they just want the game taken off the store so i yeah. don't think they're like they're not like suing for damages or anything because they're both free games but mm. yeah i don't know it's, it's never a good look when companies sue other companies but you know yeah. i'm sure i'm sure there'll be plenty of banter between the two we don't like seeing our friends fight uh but the Australian Classification Board uh, this week has also announced uh, a de- they're they're going to review their decision to review a refused classification to We Happy Few. Uh, the board is going to meet on July third to review the refusal after it was appealed. Um, they're accepting public submissions up until June 29th, which I think is probably the day this podcast is going to be posting. So unless you've got Express Mail, I think you're going to struggle to get into that public submission. But it'd be interesting to see what people have to say on that matter. Um, James, do you think it's possible that we'll see this decision overturned based on the the content of We Happy Few? Uh, potentially, uh, I think with We Happy Few, the the idea of the way the drugs work, kind mm. of, I don't know. Like, I I think it could happen. It just depends. I I don't, I don't really know to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, but but yeah, I think I think we could. I don't think it's a definitely not answer. Um, mm. I don't think it's drug as a reward, as a gameplay mechanic. If that makes sense, like it's more of a. I feel like it's more of a justification for the story in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, whereas, I, I was I was trying like, to read up on this a little bit, and I think, like, the game sort of suggests that if you do kind of take the joy drug, that, like, sections of the game may become easier. But I'd imagine, considering that, like, the, the drug is kind of, like, demonized in the game, right? Like, it's the drug that's kind of deluding everyone. Yeah. Um, Surely there has to be like ramifications like down the line of like making that section of the game easier for yourself. I just right? uh, like, like I feel like in Bioshock, you, if you took more atoms, yeah. you would have more powers and stuff, and that was. But I guess it wasn't a drug per se. Yeah, what's um, the difference between drugs and biological enhancements? Like? I don't know. Like I think it's a like as long as the um, you know the the what's the word the argument that they're putting forward is reasonable and rational and sound and stuff. There should be no problem. Um, yeah. I just don't think it's going to be the same as like Fallout 3 with the morphine and stuff. Like, I don't think it's going to be like yeah. that at all. So, yeah. Yeah. The problem is just like when it become, as soon as drugs become related to incentives, um, they're pretty like clean cut on like, yeah, we can't, we're not going to allow that. But it's think, so often it's just down to the wording, right? Like, it's what you call the drugs. They Like, in the case of Fallout, didn't they just rename the morphine to, like, Stimpax? Medex. That's okay. Or like Medex, Medex or whatever. Or yeah. I think they, with in this example, I think they just need to also take the context into consideration. Mm. Like, because um, I think with We Happy Few, uh, what you're saying about how it makes the game easier in sections is because I think when you sort of comply and take the drug, uh, you can sort of blend in. Uh, yeah. And you sort of, you don't stick out as much in the town and cause like they can tell, I think if you're not on the drug and then that's when right. they pursue you and try and, uh, you know, sort of thwart your efforts to, to get out of there. So yeah. I guess it's, it's just a means of sort of blending in. So I don't know if that's necessarily a reward in that sense. Like mm. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very weird sort of argument, but it, I don't think it's the same. Like I, I would argue that fallout's handling of drugs is more 
damaging than say how we happy few handles it like because mm-hmm. so, there's there's context for it and yep. i would argue that fallouts has more positive uh you know like effects on the character on the player character than, yeah. than we happy few yeah and it was the, it was the same issue with um state of decay too right like it was initially reviews classification because uh, they were referred the to as stimulants, was. and then yeah, I think they renamed the stimulant to vitamins, and then it was fine. It's like, well, th- it's just like it's just it's just dumb that like a word, one word changes everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems I a think, bit crazy. I, I wish think they sort reg- of tidied it up a bit. I think regardless, though, this is probably the first refused classification for a while, and if it does get through, a lot of people I reckon know about We Happy Few than that before. For sure, like I think that's it's still true. a pretty good. Like I know it sounds bad, but it's like still pretty good exposure for for any, a game. Yeah, that's, any publicity is good publicity, so that's yeah. free marketing. Yeah. Um, Brody, there's been the suggestion that Cyberpunk 2077, although obviously still a far way off, um, will be refused classification based on what people have seen of it coming out of E3. Um, it's obviously got lots of sort of drug uh, use in the game. Um, do you think we have a, a problem with drugs in video games? Are drugs too often used as as some sort of in- or incentivized in some way in games? I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say so. Like I don't th- I don't think there's an overarching sort of drug problem with games. Um, but it's obvious <clears throat> we do see the examples of drugs in games probably more because Mm. They're so heavily publicized in our country. Um, I think if... I, I haven't actually heard anything about Cyberpunk 2077's uh, drug uh, themes, but um, if they're what I can imagine them to be, I guess that game could have a little bit of trouble. But um, mm. I can understand why they do come down so hard on it because Australia as a country does have like a serious issue with drugs. Yeah. Um, but I guess it also... That depends if you do subscribe to the thought that, you know, if you do something violent in a, in a game, it'll make you violent or like, it's the same sort of thing. Like if you see drugs in a game, yeah. you do drugs. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's a fair comparison. You know, like, I don't think because I like whack up morphine in fallout, I'm not going to go and do that around the back of my bunnings. Like I'm, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. It I can look, see what, sometimes uh, looks pretty post-apocalyptic behind the bunnings too. I imagine. Yeah. All the tipped <laughs> mattresses and stuff. Yeah. No. So yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I see why they do what they do, but I also, I don't. Yeah, just quickly, I don't really think um, it's just the drugs people are talking about for Cyberpunk, though. Like, I think it's a there's mix a of, lot of nudity. <laughs> there's, there's quite a bit of nudity. There's, I think, you can gamble, although that's not that bad compared to everything else. Um, mm. I'm you sure. Can it's, I'm sure. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Given the the viol- the violence in The Witcher, I'm sure it's quite a violent game too. Um, mm. Yeah, you have an inhaler that restores health. I remember reading that. Uh, yeah, right. That's just like vaping, <laughs> which which should, which should be well, outlawed. Just rename everywhere. it vape, and then <laughs> you're set. It's going to be another interesting one, and again, I think it'll be like a conversation that has to keep kind of cropping up and constantly reevaluating. Um, I sort of see it as like we sort of kind of crave um, realism in games, right? And often, like yeah. reality isn't all that pretty and isn't all that glamorous, and we can sort of kind of confront that one way or another, but. I think it's kind of, you know, to be assumed that, like, in a post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout that people would be sort of just injecting morphine to kind of get by. Um, I mean, we see that in movies with kind of little 
uh, without little sort of cause for concern, I suppose. But, you know, as soon yeah. as it's in video games and it's interactive, that sort of argument crops up again that it's going to be encouraging certain behaviors. Um, yeah, I, I just, don't know. I, I, One watch I do love that, that. I do love that, that in, like, Fallout, you can nuke a whole town and yeah. kill <laughs> thousands of people, but it's because the drug was called morphine that that was the big problem. Yeah. Easier so to get your hands backward. on morphine than nuclear weaponry, perhaps. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they'd both be pretty hard, I reckon. Alrighty, well, uh, I want to introduce some somewhat of a new segment now. Uh, not so much news-related, I guess kind of like spiraling out of E3 still somewhat. Um, but, you know, we've got like a bunch of games looking forward uh, to that we don't know a whole heap about. And one of them is Death Stranding. And we've we've obviously discussed Death Stranding in the past and gone, what the hell is this game all about? But I wanted to throw it to you guys today. And I wanted to hear your crazy theories about what Death Stranding is all about. Like, if you were to have a guess, and we've been spitballing some ideas sort of around the team. Um... And yeah, I was like wondering, like based on the trailer, this week's sort of E3, do we have any sort of like clearer picture in our minds what this game is all about? Brody, have you got like any idea what Death Stranding could be all about? All right. I was I was thinking about this. I had I had a long drive the other day, and I was thinking, hmm, what what that game could be about? Uh-huh. And this is this is something I landed on. All right, we we what, what's that? What's uh, what's her name? What's the actress's name? Wagner, Lindsay Wagner, Lindsay Wagner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've theorized that because her character appears in the game much younger than she does that you know uh, than she is currently she's 70 or something i think uh so we've theorized that the game could have time travel involved mm-hmm. so this is what i've sort of got to perhaps <laughs> uh seeing as daryl from the walking dead uh he he's norman Reedus. Del- yes uh he's a delivery man in this game he says uh-huh. um so i'm theorizing that he has time traveled back to 1889 oh and snatched and snatched this baby out of a crib and then returned to Iceland, which is where they're theorizing the game. The game is set. Yeah. Oh my god. And he's on a he's on a trek to go to one of Iceland's one hundred one of the one hundred and thirty active volcanoes that, that that country has. And he's got to deliver this baby into the volcano. And it sounds undo, like some sort of twisted version of Lord of the Rings. And undo history's greatest atrocity and fulfill a prophecy. That baby <laughs> is Adolf Hitler. Okay. All right. Wow. That's Death Stranding. I know I asked for crazy theories, but I'm surprised by how crazy that theory is. Mine's so boring in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine mine plays similarly onto the, the time travel sort of thing. Um, because in this most... I think this most recent trailer was like the most revealing, right? Because he's got that, that um, photograph. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We saw if you think so. it was the longest, <laughs> but does that mean... <laughs> so... I, I think he's a delivery man in limbo. I have no explanation why he's a delivery man in limbo and why Uber I feel eats. like it's limbo. I just feel, yeah, he's an Uber Eats driver in, in limbo. <laughs> I, I just feel like limbo is somewhere that Kojima would talk about because he talks about life and death, right? And he talks about like these strings connecting things. So I think True. he is somehow like connecting all these dots and it all kind of takes place within this space between life and death, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of traveling about and he drops that photograph in the mud and then like the invisible kind of handy handsy thing um, touches it and it like it, the people in the photograph seem to age, yeah. Oh, do they? I didn't notice that. I think they do. I need to watch it again, but I think the people in the photograph age. All right. Well, for this theory, we'll go with it, yes? Yeah. So, um, and then I think, like, there's a line of dialogue by one of the actresses that kind of says that, you know, they, like, anything they touch kind of, like, 
gets older or something like that, right? I'm, I could okay. be making this all up. Maybe this was a dream <laughs> I had. I don't know. Um, and so I think like these invisible kind of ghoulish kind of creatures that occupy this limbo, they kind of feed off time that you could have lived. If you've seen Doctor Who before, there are these <laughs> creatures called the Weeping Angels, right? That They only move when you don't look at them and they feed off your life energy. So they, they kind of transport you, transport you back in time and live off what they call like time energy. That's so so yeah, it's, it's a terrible way to go. You kind of live out your life, but not in the right time era. So I think like this is what these kind of invisible ghoul things do. They kind of feed off people's time, right? And so that's and what I think the babies are all about. Like you know how he's carrying carrying around the baby and the little vial kind of thing. Yep. I think those are like uh, protection mechanisms, right? That there because that baby has like so much more of a life to live. It's Ooh. a more appetizing kind of thing. So I think they're kind of like one ups in the game, right? Like you carry around that baby, and if you get grabbed by one of the ghouls, it feeds off the energy of the baby and spares you. See, my theory is just nonsense, but you're a freaking genius. <laughs> I've been thinking about this way too much, man. I've got like the red string all across the room and everything. Um, so I think you see him kind of like get grabbed by a bunch of them and like pulled down into the mud, right? I yeah. think they then consume the time energy of the baby. The baby ages. And then the woman that you see at the end played by the older actress, I think that is his daughter. Like, or that is the baby. I don't know if it's his daughter. I'm kind of making, I'm going crazy now. But I think that baby is her and she's like aged and he has to like confront the fact that he has like kind of condemned this baby to like half a life. Does that make any sense at all? (laughs) No, I think I get you. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually very fascinating. Where the story goes from there is anyone's guess, but that's my kind of surface level understanding of the world based on the insanity of the trailers that we've seen. What you got, James? Yeah, what you got? Oh, I've got nothing now. I just don't think I can compete. <laughs> you're like, you're like, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a like a weird theory. Like, obviously, the titles about you know when whales beach themselves, like it's a thing no one really understands. Yeah, and it's kind of a they all, most of the time it's a way to die. So this island you go to to die. Um, like you age, I don't know, you age rapidly, I guess, or your youth is like taken away from you on this island, unless you have a baby. (laughs) Like the babies (laughs) are kind of like little batteries that, well, no, wait, that's kind of like the Matrix, but the (laughs) the babies like are how you stop yourself from aging, which is why Lindsay Wagner's character is still young. She's carrying one. Although, mm. and yeah, I don't know. I just why would <laughs> say, but, don't I was going to say, I don't what, what, why would you go to the island if you didn't want to age, though? No, maybe you go. Maybe if you maybe, make a huge mistake, maybe it's you, like the lobster, and you get condemned there. Yeah, like you, if you, yeah, you, you don't, you don't pick to go there, but then yeah. some people do pick to go there, and those people have a special role in the world, but we don't know what that is yet. And that's what Leia Sadu and Mads Mikkelsen are. Right. Hmm. What, what do you, how do you explain the invisible kind of death bringer things? It's just an allegory for how death sneaks up on us. <laughs> it's an allegory for how death strands. 
<laughs> I love it. If I love I can, it. Yeah, if you ask me questions, I can back up my stupid theory, but I can't really talk about it <laughs> like in sentences. I don't know. This, <laughs> this is a segment we definitely have to try again another time. Just like pick a game that we know like nothing about and try and explain it. That'd be great. It'd be fun to do it with like kind of just picking random game titles from games that are decades old and try and explain. And tell what us, tell in that us game. what this game's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if they're de- if they're decades old, they wouldn't have stories. No. No. no tell tell me about Lunar Jetpack Man or Jetman or whatever it is. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Uh, let's uh, wrap up uh, this episode then with a quick round of What the Wiki, shall we? A reminder that What the Wiki is a Starcast game show uh, where the host is part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game and you, the contestants, must guess the game. Thanks to the official What the Wiki keeper of the score at Jamie Penning over on Twitter. Um, I wasn't on last week, so I got a handy recap of what happened. Uh, Shancake and James took it on that week, and there was some mild controversy, I believe. James, are you aware of any controversy? I mean, no. No, okay, all right, that's he fine. He was that's fine something by me. out of nothing. Like, <laughs> don't you worry about it. Some people he didn't just... even know what Killzone Shadowfall was. <laughs> like, some people are just sore losers, and I can't that's help the, that. that. That's the biggest controversy out of everything. I did, actually, I did listen to that, and I was dismayed that he couldn't remember Killzone Shadowfall. He remembered Fall. Like, he remembered that it was Shadow, like, it was Killzone something Fall. Like, why could you not? Anyhow. And um, I tried. I tried to help him. I was like, come on, Shannon. Yeah, I know. I, I could hear you. Um, oh so, James uh, regained the lead with that. He's up to seven now. Brody's just behind on six. So, he in hosting last week, not only did he uh, fulfill my vacancy, he also uh, sacrificed Sacrifice, a point yeah. as well. What a what a big commitment. Uh, but he's, he's just behind on six points. Steven's on three and Matt on one. And Matt's like away on holiday somewhere. So, he's got no hope anymore. He's got... <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's on the Death Stranding Island. Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Well, Good luck, God. Matt. Um, uh, and I've got to apologize to at Jamie Penning, again, over on Twitter, the official What the Wiki keeper of the, keeper of the score, because I accidentally sent these guys the uh, What the Wiki list <laughs> I had made rather than the agenda and accidentally spoiled the game that Jamie had submitted for this week. So I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to do that this one, this time. Um, but please do keep submitting it uh, and anyone else out there that does want to submit a game for what the wiki uh, slide into my DMs over on Twitter and I will include it. But for now, let's read out game number one. Contestants, are you ready? <clears throat> yes. Yes. The game blends several genres, including hack-and-slash, puzzle-solving, and psychological horror. Voice acting is an integral part of the game, while its cutscenes combine motion capture by Melina Jurgens and live-action performances Brody, by other... <laughs> Brody just got in there. Is it Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice? It is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, yes. Do you know why that was in the news this week? Uh, because it sold one million copies. It did, too. Congrats to everyone at Ninja Theory for a million copies. That's amazing. Um, congrats again as well on getting bought by Microsoft. That's also a pretty good achievement. Uh, Brody's off the mark. Reminder that it's best two <coughs> out of three. So if Brody guesses the next one, he'll be taking away the points for the round and equaling the lead with James. Game number two. <sighs> the game is a graphic adventure played from a third-person view. The mechanic of rewinding time allows James. players to do any... James? Life is strange. It is Life is Strange, which we touched on a lot in this episode, which was a problem that I probably should have realized was going to occur. Um, but it was in the news for another reason this week, James. Do you know what that was? Um, they announced the new one. Is 
I think they announced a release date for two. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we, which we, which again cropped up in this episode as well. Uh, all right, tiebreaker. Here we go, guys. Strap yourselves oh, in. No. Pressure's on. Are you sweaty, Pressure's James? on. A little bit. <laughs> the game are action adventure game. Sorry, the games <laughs> are action adventure games. <laughs> It's it's a it's a series if you hadn't already guessed. The games are action adventure games with physical toys, open world creation, and story driven gameplay. Characters and features are bought in the game using figurines and discs with its included James. base. James. <sighs> Disney Infinity. It is Disney Infinity. Well done, James. Oh, phew. Okay. It could it could it could still have been other I games like, at that point. You did well. Maybe Starlink oh. has discs. Sorry, Brody. Oh yeah, the discs. I guess the discs is a giveaway because Skylanders didn't have discs. Did yeah, they? but I wasn't oh, sure oh, about Starlink oh. for some yeah. reason. But I heard you googling. I heard you googling. <laughs> Mate, if you heard me googling, like, especially that Life is Strange one, it was like one sentence. <laughs> Yeah, what would I yeah. Google. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is why had, we need. This is why we need Jamie. Open. He picks hard ones. <laughs> I would have. I would have never got Lumines or Luminous or whatever it's called. I would have. But yeah, you would have really. You would have guessed that. <sighs> yeah, I reckon. I played. I played that game to death. It was like the only game I played on my PSP, and then I bought it on Xbox 360 as well. Damn. There yeah. You put them through college. You're hardcore, James. No, I'm not. <laughs> Am I? Uh, you, I you and Jamie are just like on the same wavelength. Yeah, I think, you're um, best friends. I think he did suggest uh, Lumines because it's coming to PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One. Uh, I think it's out as of now. today. Oh, as of yeah. yesterday, even. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. That's why it was in the news this week. Well done, James. Another stellar performance by you. And you're uh, cementing your lead there, stretching it out to eight over Brody six now. Uh, so uh, Brody's got his work cut out for them. Hopefully, Ooh. I'm around on more podcasts to come so you can remain a contestant, Brody, and you don't have to do any more hosting. Once I get, like, a certain number ahead, I'll start hosting. <laughs> <laughs> He's already <laughs> getting cocky. Listen to him. <laughs> yeah, well, I admire the confidence. <laughs> uh, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 145 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Follow us at PressStartAU and visit the site at PressStart.com.au. You can join the conversation using hashtag the Startcast. We've been joined today by James. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at Jam, so A-T-J-A-M-Z. And I think I'm writing something about Mooncrash soon, if you want to head to the site Sick. at some point. Well done for battling through your cold, and also congrats for battling through his cold to Brody. Thank you. Uh, you can find me on socials at Brody underscore DG, and I'm going to go slog through the crew too. So you'll Ooh. see something about that soon enough. I Have love fun boats. flying those planes and then jumping <laughs> in the car. Don't forget cars the boats. Slide into oh, a boat. All the boats. You, I'm there, paused. There are I'm, I'm in a boat right now. I'm paused. Oh, there's can amphibious you, vehicles. Can you drive the Titanic? You don't even have to jump into a different one. You can drive the Titanic. No, you can't. Oh, disappointing. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> uh, and I've been your perfectly healthy host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Until next time, happy gaming. Bye. Bye.